WrestleMania. Again, I won't fight that one too hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when the rabbi plays the Holocaust card? Yeah. What am I supposed to say after that? You, you win. You win. Yeah. You win the show. You win the show. Um, <laughs> you already won the show as our special guest, but now you really won the show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 165 of Pub Theology Live, the weekly conversation on, uh, on life. I can speak and faith over a craft pint, a fine wine, whatever happens to be in your glass. Catch new episodes weekly as a Reverend Shannon Meacham, Ogan Fuller, and a special guest address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, usually with a good brew in hand. Today, we don't have Shannon. We have me, Ogan, left in charge. Fire beware. And filling in for Shannon is our producer and Shannon's husband, in that order of importance, and frequent guest, Derek Weston. <laughs> okay, she's going to hear this there. Yeah, also, wait, you're hearing it now. <laughs> also, also, we welcome Rabbi Eli Friedman from Rodef Shalom in Philadelphia, and I'm not going to roll this way. Yeah, that's good. I didn't have one. Okay, none of my bio makes sense anymore. Anyway, it's all about going out. Listen, none of our yeah, none of our bios make sense anymore. Really. <laughs> <laughs> in this time, glad glad to have you guys. Working my new my new pandemic bio, which is Eli sits at home and tries not to strangle his children. I like that pandemic bio. I think that should be the title of the episode right there. Pandemic pandemic bio. So yeah, all guys today. What could possibly go wrong? You can show your love for Pub Theology Live by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to extended interviews with special guests, some before and after the show banter. We try to solve racism in our pre-show today and um, expect, uh, as you might suspect, we didn't quite nail it, but good discussion. Visit patreon.com slash ptlive to get started. A big thank you to our current patrons. And coming up, join us for our happy hour celebrate the end of our season which isn't it early this year like we usually end end of june i think shannon just said this is it and we were like okay <laughs> i think normally there's a, the, a show at uh, a live show at that uh wild yeah and usually we align it also i think with when kids get out of school in the summer hits but all all schedules are done <laughs> so we are apparently going on break, maybe a touch earlier, but we're going to do it in a big way. Happy hour. And it will be me, it will be Shannon, it will be all our calls um, at some point. I think it's going to be like a two-hour thing. People are going to drop in, drop out. Shannon and I will be probably drinking the whole two hours, so this is going to be fun. I might tune in for the last hour. <laughs> uh, I think we might have some of our Patreon folks join us too. I think that's in the works maybe. Don't hold me to that. But we will also be raising money for COVID-19 relief in some way. Um, so mark your calendar, set your alarms. The tentative date is June 9th at 4 p.m. I think that's like what, two Tuesdays from now. Um, but I just heard rumblings about maybe a Sunday evening recorded. I don't know. 
hashtag COVID time. So, so I don't know. But pencil in June 9th, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Oh, I think she wanted to do it later so that the West Coast could get the happy hour thing. I mean, I've been drinking starting at one o'clock. I don't see a problem. You know, exactly. <laughs> it's five o'clock. It's four o'clock. It's one o'clock somewhere. Day drinking has taken on a whole new meaning since this pandemic happened. Uh, anyone who donates $25 or more will receive a free pub theology pint glass as being displayed by Derek right now for our listeners who can't see it. For people who are watching. <laughs> yeah, but this part of the show doesn't go up in the video. It's only the pre-show and the post-show. Anyway, we have the, the, the glasses. In there. But thank you. Thank you for Vanna whiting the shit out of that glass. <laughs> The, the, this part of the show is never in the video, so I could have been picking my nose like this whole time. This whole time, dude. <laughs> Go for <laughs> it now, man. <laughs> Only I'd known all these, all these weeks. Ain't, ain't no watching. Ain't nobody watching. Sometimes I will take some clips from the show to promote the podcast, <laughs> but that's sometimes. That's infrequently. Anyways, so you can join the show on the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We got some videos up on YouTube. Use the hashtag PTLive. And today we are going to discuss grilling, Memorial Day, Ascension, and Pentecost. I think all those things happened on the same day. So let us start. Share what we are drinking. Let's start with our guest guest. Eli, what you got going on? Right. Yeah, I actually got I got two today because you know right. there you, you go. Never know how it's going to go. Uh, <laughs> both local. Been doing a lot of local drinking recently. We got some breweries that are doing deliveries here. One is Levante, just outside of Philadelphia, and the other is Roy Pitts, another one uh, not too far from Philly. Um, delicious. The I'm going to start with the Levante. It's uh, it's a, an Italian uh, style brewery. This is their uh, Bira de Levante, an Italian style pilsner. So uh, okay, yeah. gotcha. And Derek, what you got going on? I also have two, but it's two of the same. Uh, it's the Astrodon Hazy IPA. Uh, I think I was drinking this a couple months ago. It's it's named after the official. Uh, That's right, dinosaur of, of Maryland. Of Maryland, because Maryland needed its own dinosaur. Um, yeah, does Pennsylvania have an official dinosaur I, too? I don't know, and actually, I, I would I feel like doing a little bit of research <laughs> on state dinosaurs. Um, and, and honestly, they should all have their own beers because I think they, they've earned it. So, um, yeah, any, no, any I, info on that, Eli, the resident the Pennsylvania resident? Is, is, uh, is from my, one of my daughter's favorite shows, Dinosaur Train, which, by the way, is whoever came up with this show is ingenious because they combined kids' two favorite things, trains and, and dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Yeah. You can imagine the writer's room. They're like, kids love dinosaurs. Kids love trains. <laughs> make a show called Dinosaur Train. Yep. <laughs> And it don't. And the great thing about kids shows is they don't have to make sense mm-hmm. yeah. at all. But she knows the name you know. of like six years old. Knows the name of like every single dinosaur ever. Like kids get into that stuff. Yeah, I, I was like that. I was my like- when my daughter was little for some inexplicable reason. She was into the Wiggles. Remember the Wiggles? Oh, you know, I've heard of the Wiggles. They're still a thing apparently. Oh yeah, and, and they've they- got a few new cast members. Emma. But they- but they still got some of the original cast members who should not be doing this right now. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Oh, this is like, you're in my wheelhouse right now with a two-year-old and a six-year-old man. This oh my God. My oh, you folks are a little too old to wiggle. It's, seriously. I'm like, there needs to be an age cap on, on that. I'm like, seriously, you've been doing this for like 20 some years now. Like, think, think you're good. What do you I mean? think you're good. Um, I am hitting up my uh, local 
down the street Spicket River Brewery again, which I am going to nickname No Label Brewery because seriously, these guys are having shipping issues. <laughs> so this is like a little mini growler. That's fun. Of Kolsch, of their Kolsch uh, bear. And do literally when I bought it, slapped on the label and wrote, as you can see, the word Kolsch. Kolsch. Is that a 32-ounce uh, crowler? Like I think so. Crowler? I'm going to not drink it all during the course of the show because I do have a class to teach a little bit after this. And it's not going to go well if I show up for my congregants in, after drinking 32 ounces. So I might only go half today. We'll see what happens. So let's dive in. What is your favorite thing to eat off the grill or to grill? if you're not the one who does the grilling, are they both the same thing? So I'll just jump in first. Go for it. Just say uh, thank you for the terminology that you called this grilling and not barbecuing. Yeah. Um, uh. My wife, who's a, a native of Texas, uh, takes offense. It's a real Northeast thing. People don't know the difference between the two. And she gets very upset and I need to set the record straight here for everybody that when you just put meat like on a grill, that is grilling or veggies or whatever. To barbecue is a whole nother level, right? That involves smoking and thime and all these Spices things. Spices and sauce. Sauce and whatever else. So she gets yeah. really mad when people are like, oh, come over to my Memorial Day barbecue. Oh, we're going to be barbecuing. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, it is... I, I, until you said that, it didn't, it didn't click that coming from Barbados, that's what we said too. Everything was barbecuing. We were just going to go barbecue some vegetables and barbecue mm -hmm. some chicken and barbecue whatever. But you're right. I wonder, yeah, I wonder where that, that whole split came. Yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, we did a little, we did a little grilling. I, um, for me, I'm going to, I'm going to go pretty boring and just, I love, I love a good burger when it's done right on the grill. Um, and I, I don't really like burgers unless they're on a grill. Yeah. Um, so we did, we did fun ones. I did ones, not very kosher, but with, um, grilled onions, mushrooms, and, uh, are you, are you allowed to admit that <laughs> <laughs> as the rabbi, <laughs> do we need to edit this out later? <laughs> Sorry, we're, we're reforming. Or something? <laughs> okay. 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 So no burgers. Just a little cheese on it, you know? All right. All right. Uh, now, Derek, you guys, you guys just uh, recently broke in a whole new smoker situation going on. Yeah, yeah, there. we we got the smoker, and uh, uh, that's been that has been a game changer. Uh, so far, I've done ribs, I've done salmon, I've done pork shoulder, uh, I've been brisket. It's 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 lovely. It's a lovely thing to have. But like my my favorite thing. Um, I love a good steak off the grill. Mm -hmm. uh, um, like, I yes. love get the get the good grill lines and the smokiness from the grill. Like, I mean, you really you really can't go wrong with a good steak on the grill. Yes, I I echo that sentiment. I was gonna go with um, steak too, even though it took me quite a few years to master grilling a steak. It's, like it's really easy to either overdo it yeah. or like really like go way too rare. It is not my favorite thing to grill, but it is my favorite thing to eat off the grill. But I got it down. And the secret, folks, secret is always take it off two minutes before you think it's done. 
now when you think it's done as a whole thing but you gotta take that <laughs> you gotta take that sucker off because it's gotta sit and while it's sitting it's still cooking still cooks. so you know the, the time and the time is a little, uh, a little bougie but if you ever tried to uh sous vide your steak first and then do it on the grill to finish it you're right that is bougie uh <laughs> no no i have not that's cheating my friend that's called cheating <laughs> So yeah, I have a friend who's like big into the sous vide and that's, that's the way he does it. Cause then it, you get it to the exact right temperature, you know, medium rare, and then literally mm-hmm. just get the hottest grill ever. And you just put it on the grill to get that, that color at the end. Mm. Can't overcook it that way, you know, or under. Yeah. But then technically is it grilled? You're right. That's like, <laughs> it's you know, it is a little bit of a cheat. It's a little bit it, of a cheat. It, it, it is a cheat. I, so my, you know, you have food delivery, these food delivery services like Blue Apron and so on. My, my current choice is one called Real Eats, not a sponsor. Um, and basically the food already comes, is pretty much all pre-cooked and sealed, you know, vacuum sealed. So literally all you got to do is warm these pouches in boiling water for like six minutes. It's, it's, a, it's a common like restaurant practice, a lot of places. and the food's delicious. It, it's healthy in the last, what do we, what do we, COVID week 10, in the last 10 weeks, I've eaten more cauliflower than I've eaten in the last 10 years. Um, you know, so, so it's better for my health and, and all that sort of stuff, but it's wouldn't be, it wouldn't be really honest for me to say, I just cooked dinner. Right. You know, there, there was no cooking involved. I boiled some water, threw in some, pouches and for five minutes and like that was that was it sounds like you were sous vide to me <laughs> like i said cheated <laughs> cheated <laughs> so um but but also i got a weakness for um a, a nice all beef hot dog mm. like you know right off the grill that's 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 my that's my weak point right there like a good brat i'm not i'm not not in the hot dogs. I don't, I don't, like, they're functionally the same. I don't know why it is they're so completely different for me. There's something for me about the, the kosher hot dogs, you know, not, not necessarily about them being kosher, but the flavor. Yes, those are the only kind I buy. It's a different kind of spice that they put in the kosher hot dog that, like, I don't know what it is. It's, it's good. Does that make me an honorary Jew because I'm eating the kosher hot dogs? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Score. Actually, being in unity, you're already a reformed Jew because <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> we're, we're, we're both so far left. You're good to go, man. <laughs> that, is, that is so true. So you know what I'm watching now? Because I started this week because it's Memorial Day week. All the, all the like, night shows are on hiatus. The, you know, the, the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan documentary things over. So I'm like, what should I watch? So I'm going through my, you know, Netflix uh, list. And I don't, watch, I don't want to watch any of the series I'm currently watching because I just want something that I get on my spin bike and after like 45 minutes, I'm like, okay, that's enough. I don't want to get sucked in. And then next thing I know, it's like one in the afternoon, nothing gets done. I'm watching, it's, it, uh, what is it called? The Story of God on Netflix. And it's hosted by Morgan Freeman, Right. Who so God, I mean, <laughs> right. The voice of God is hosting a series about God stroke of genius, but he's basically, I'm, I'm two episodes in and he's basically um, approaching topics from all the various religions. So, so uh, the one I just watched this morning was about the end times. How, how do the different religions view the end times? 
and he was in he was he went to you know Israel and was talking about uh, in Jerusalem how you know the Jews the Christians how they view the end times and it's fascinating because it's like there's just enough balance of like you're bringing in the historians and the scientists and all of that but it's user friendly enough and there's Morgan Freeman so it 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 feels familiar as you're watching it um so so yeah that's that's what I'm into right now um don't know why you went down that rabbit hole anyways <laughs> I blame covid <laughs> so we just uh observed celebrated Memorial Day, it's hard to use the word celebration on a day like Memorial Day, so we'll go with observed. Um, what did you guys do? Did you get together with people outside of your household unit over the weekend? Did you observe any precautions? And what did you see happening in your area? If you live in the Ozarks, I'm going to pray for y'all because I saw that clip on the TV. <laughs> people at that, mm. at that pool party. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> Woo! Oh my God! They all need to go to Vegas and just gamble right now, because because if none of them get sick, they're they're are the luckiest people in the world. Yeah. Go 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 bet it on go bet it on black or something. I don't know. So what do y'all do? So we we stayed home. Uh, we stayed home. We uh, grilled, made burgers and hot dogs. Um, but we like yeah, there was no way we were going anywhere. Um, so it was, it was, you know, it was, it felt, honestly, it felt like just another day. It really, there wasn't a whole lot to market as a holiday for in our house. Like it, it really just felt like another COVID day. Yeah, we, ours was pretty similar. We also, um, we're just with our family. Um, you know, Philadelphia is still, we got like the different color codes for the counties in Pennsylvania. We're in red still here in Philly. Other parts of the country, of, of uh, the state have opened up a little bit, but, you know, we're still taking it pretty seriously. And so um, we stuck with just our family, although we did go out for a hike. We went up to um, Benjamin Rush State Park and did a little hike in the morning uh, with, the, with the kids, which was kind of fun. Although hike maybe is a little bit of an exaggeration when you have a two-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, no, I, I mean, I stayed into, I'm, I am my only family here right now. We actually ended up sort of being a catch up on work sort of day while TV was on in the background and I was good with that. But uh, you, you mentioned the color coding thing uh, in Pennsylvania. Can somebody explain to me, cause I swear I've lived here half my life and I don't understand the difference really between like, you know, federal and state application of things. Like people are talking about federal response, a state response every state's doing something different like so for example um, by contrast in Barbados um, as soon as we realized that the only way COVID was getting to the island was by people traveling in especially from the United States like we shut all the ports down and after all this time, it's a small island. There's, there is, there is, I should know this. My teachers would be sh so ashamed. Like mm -hmm. maybe three quarters of them. No, not that much. How many people live in Barbados? I don't know. A few hundred thousand people. It's a tiny island. Only seven people have died. Yeah. Okay. Out of a few hundred thousand people. Um, you do the math. I'm sure that's a much lower percentage yeah. relative sure. than here, you know, but I'm like, but there was, there was a one 
national approach to the whole thing. There was a curfew established. The police were not messing around. Like you were out when you shouldn't supposed to be this, like get, get your butt in the car. Like they, and it was an Island wide thing. And we got districts and parishes and all that sort of stuff here. It's like, a hot mess of everybody doing something differently and and it's like there's that sense of you know we're this state so this is how we do it well normally in the united states when there is a crisis there is also a competent central government uh, okay <laughs> okay that's what i was thinking derek there is a competent federal response yeah. That is giving a unifying message for the country instead of tweeting things like liberate Michigan. In volleyball, we call that a set, what I just did, and then you <laughs> spike. spike. There we go. So I, I would add that the, the balance of power between state rights and strong central government, you know, goes back. I mean, the Federalist Papers, Alexander Hamilton. I mean, this is the very founding yeah. of our country. Hey, and where my accident... Uh, Alexander Hamilton shirt right now. Well, that's <laughs> that. So you knew that. young scrappy. Yeah. Um, but that was, you know, that was some of the, in the original framers of the constitution was trying to figure out that balance. Um, not to go on too ridiculous of a tangent, but this is, this is actually a topic that goes back centuries because under King David, we saw rebellions of the various tribes in Israel, right? There were 12 tribes in Israel. Right. And actually he was dealing with the exact same thing. It was tribe rights versus the strong central government in Jerusalem. And what ended up dissolving the, the United Monarchy and after Solomon, right? You don't no longer have a United Monarchy was basically that the same, it was the exact same debate we're having today over state right versus um, strong central government. And, and didn't David go to war and kill the opposing clans? I mean, I'm not opposed to that it, happening it right now. It didn't end so well. So <laughs> it, might, it might keep us all safer. <laughs> Please don't quote me on that. I'm, I'm joking. But like, seriously, I think, if, I think if Israel, you know, back in the first, you know, or 1000, you know, whenever, or 586 by the time, you know, it was destroyed by the Babylonians, if they had, if they had maintained a united front and mm -hmm. hadn't, been so divisive in the different tribes, I think they might have been able to withstand the opposing armies that were coming in. And so, right. I don't know, I think it's a, a message to remember. I don't, I don't think we do well being, you know, each doing our own thing. But at the end of the day, like Derek said, when you don't have a, a, a president who's competent and who's able to lead us, at least, we're, we, at least we have some good governors. Yeah, thankfully. Some. 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 <laughs> <laughs> underlying, underlying, bold, italic. That word, some. <laughs> well, and, and unfortunately, we have some who are are who started out good, who are now caving to their, their mm. party. Um, it's it's unfortunate. It it is, and and um, as we all um, saw, um, our our dear leader was you know um, proclaiming that churches should be open. Churches are essential services; they should be open. And we are all um, working in churches, and um, I don't. And we've talked about it on the show before. Our, our views on reopening hashtag don't, and um, and we're seeing we're seeing evidence of churches that have reopened and virus spreading, people dying. Um, so um, I don't know. Eli, I don't know if we talked about this since you were last on the show, but what are your views? What are what are different synagogues doing around reopening 
Yeah. So we're, um, and I'm thankful to, to our greater movement, the, um, you know, the union for reform Judaism, which has, has taken a, a strong stance in this as well, which is basically saying, uh, we don't care what the president says and yeah, we are essential, but that doesn't mean we need to be physically present. Um, and so, um, I would say we're very similar and we're really leading with abundance of caution for us. It's also a matter of, of equality within our congregation. We have many members who are elderly, immune compromised, whatever it is. And, you know, some people are like, well, just open up and the people that are healthy can come in and the people that, you know, are, are, are you know, are too vulnerable, well, they won't come. Well, that's, that's not my congregation. That doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. You know, I'm not doing that. And so, um, so we're really approaching it with abundance of caution. The big thing is we're already planning now for our high holy days, which is, you know, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur in the fall. And um, we're already planning to do everything virtual. Um, wow. Look, we're hoping that there'll be an opportunity for some in-person things, but we can't count on that. And so we're, we're planning on having everything that we can virtual to, to be, you know, as uh, accommodating and, um, you know, open to all of our congregants. Yeah. Part of the push, I think, to reopen when we did, I'm sure, you know, pressure to cave to a lot of people and lots of lots of pastors and states have been writing letters to their governors and um, some have been threatened with lawsuits. Some have actually been suing um, their local uh, state to get the churches reopened. But, you know, Memorial Day tends to be a big uh, church service day. Uh, so our next question is, should Memorial Day be observed and referenced through, during a worship service? What are your thoughts around that? Um, so I... <laughs> Um, no longer a no longer a, a minister of a congregation, um, but when I was really had my biggest struggles around the patriotic holidays, mm-hmm. um, and for me Memorial Day is is one of the easier ones. Like Memorial Day is about celebrating those who have lost their lives, right? Right. And so like there is there is a um, there is there are theologically appropriate ways to honor people who have lost their lives without being like pro-military, without being pro-America in ways that are, are gross and theologically compromising, right? Um, so like, I, I do think that there's definitely a place to, in, in, a, in a worship service, to honor those who have given their lives, even for wars that we didn't agree, agree with, because it's still, an incredibly noble thing to serve in that way. Um, but like where I, where I get real messed up is where it turns into a, we're doing only patriotic hymns and we're going to have the flag waving and like, no, 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 shut that down. So you're not a, so is, is there a flag in where you guys are, Ashlyn? No, no. We what? we do have a flag on our in our in our sanctuary. Um, what's really interesting is they've had the flag for like hundreds of years. Where our congregation dates back to 1795, and very important, I think. In the I early, can't even fathom that, man. I know, right? 
we've been we've been around for 25 and it's felt like forever (laughs) (laughs) our congregation is the oldest ashkenazi which is jews from eastern european descent Uh the oldest ashkenazi congregation in america wow um there was a real push to to be patriots to be accepted so they very much and actually um because they were so worried about like charges of dual loyalty and things like that they actually even when Israel became a state, chose not to put an Israeli flag on the Bima. And that's only something we did recently in the past wow. 10 years because they always wanted, our congregation always felt like, you know, we have this history as part of America founding and like, we don't want to be seeing this dual loyalty or anything like that. Um, but um, we did, we observe it very minimally. Um, there's a moment in our service called uh, the Kaddish, the mourner's Kaddish, which is the prayer we say over those that mm-hmm. have passed. And so we just took a moment during that to not only mention our own congregants, but also to think of all those you know, who died in service to our country. And so that was kind of our piece of it. But nowadays, I don't think there's a, a big desire to be too patriotic in our, uh, in our congregation. <laughs> my, see, my, my congregation is at a double disadvantage because one, like, you know, we're unity, really, you know, the peace, love and hippies of Christianity. So, so every, pretty much everyone there is like, you know, anti-war, mostly very left-leaning, mostly. Um, and then their pastor, me, their minister is from a whole different country <laughs> who still, after being here for 20 some years, like, like these national holidays still are a surprise to me and they don't register yeah. as part of my, like my, my ethos. So like, so like, you know, the music director has got to remind me, oh, by the way, it's Memorial Day. What should we do? I was like, oh yeah. You know, like it's, it's not even a, I don't, I don't, you know, there, there's some ministers who like their whole talk is structured around the fact that it's these holidays and, and I don't do that. And, and, you know, some don't mind that some have objected to it, you know, a few years, a couple of years ago, um, a couple of veterans in our congregation said, we don't, we don't have a U.S. flag in here. We would like one because, you know, we, we fought in, in wars. We served our country and, um, you know, we got friends and family who died serving this country and so on. And we've got congregants who died who were in the military. So we should have a flag. And well, that started a bit of an uproar, you know, uh, in the peace, love, and hippie unity congregation. So, you know, we ended up getting a U.S. flag. We also ended up getting, you know, the uh, a flag with the with the image of the world, you know, from space. Um, and they kind of stand next to one another. But for me, it was like neither of them need to be on the pulpit. So they're actually in our, like, hospitality area. Um, and that was sort of like the compromise we sort yeah. of all settle on. And it's a moot point now because nobody's going in any space right now. Um, but, um, but yeah, so it's, 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 it's sort of weird. And I, I don't know that it's, I mean, I, I hear what you say, Derek, about it, it's about honoring and memorializing those who lost their lives, which is entirely appropriate. But I find it, I, 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 in my head, is almost impossible to separate um, that from why these people are dead in the first place. Like the why, how, how, how do you ignore the why yeah. sort of deal, which leads to a whole bunch of other things. Can we, can we ignore the why? 
I mean, I, uh, I think that's a, I mean, the, the why is the whole reason we're, <laughs> I, I think that's a really good question. And honestly, like you don't have to, you don't have to sell that one too hard for me. Um, but, but, you know, I do think though, that there is a, there is a place where like, and I've, I've served, the congregations I've served have mostly had older folks in them. And so like when you're talking about when they're remembering loved ones who died in wars, like a lot of times they're going back to World War II. Like they're, it's not oh, yeah. like. And that's, a, yeah. that was a just war. And like, and like, and like involvement think, of that, I think we'd all agree. That's a good, that, all, that's, of, yeah. all of us, like, we got to, like, it's, it's hard to like wrap your mind around a situation, like a, a circumstance where going into World War II was, would have been a bad idea. Right. Like, right. like it's just, it's just, and, and that's the thing about World War II that makes it so like, such a sticking point because like that was the exception guys that was that is well hey hey let's let's remember we held out a real long time and we held out a a really long time and like was a bad idea for us and like i i and like i honestly think we that was the right thing to do and and at some point like you know pearl harbor happened and we said okay we're we're now getting fucked with okay it's time to Back. See, I would argue the opposite. I would say if we got involved a lot earlier, the war might have been over a lot quicker and lives would have been saved. Like, yeah, I'm going to agree with Ogan on that one. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's hypothetical, awesome. you know, no, no different than, hey, if we'd sheltered, if we'd, if we'd put stay-at-home orders in place a month earlier, you know, how many lives might have been saved from COVID? Was, they, knew, they knew about the Holocaust. I mean, there was, there was clear knowledge in the U.S. government of some of the atrocities going on that it's hard to, you know, it's hard to kind of say they should have held out longer for me. Again, I won't fight that one too hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when the rabbi plays the Holocaust card, the <laughs> yeah. Like, well, what, what am I supposed to say after that? You win. You win. Yeah. You, win. Yeah. you win the show. You win the show. Um, <laughs> you already won the show as our special guest, but now you really won the show. <laughs> oh my God. But I, I, I you know, and I, and I do think that we have to, um, we do have to, I think particularly for us left-leaning, peace-loving, hippie congregations, yep. like, we do need to talk about, like, lives that are needlessly lost in, you know, when we, you know, basically everything since World War II. Yeah. Like, that, like, we've had a bunch of wars that have been really just imperialist adventures that have cost our young people lives and like we we need to be you know i think it's absolutely our responsibility to talk about that so i you know i think we have to talk about lives that are lost i think we talk about why they're lost i think um derek do you think memorial day is the time to kind of do that because it's so present or is that disrespectful you think to the memory of, of some of those folks who I think died? I think one of those things where you gotta you gotta know your community mm-hmm. and there's gotta be some trust there. Yeah. Um I, I think one of the and I and I will I will completely just out myself as like when I was a young naive pastor that like I, I Well these I, are the best stories. I, I took some steps <laughs> that all probably that probably shortened my career. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, because like the trust wasn't there and yeah. I was just like saying things that I thought were right, but like didn't have the relationship to, for them to be heard, you know, for people to know my heart. Right. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I think I think there is there is space to have those conversations on a day like Memorial Day, but I think it's more important to like have the Memorial Day message be congruent with what you're preaching, you know, every 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 time you're in the pulpit, you know, and it's right. like so like okay, Derek's anti-war that makes pretty good sense with what he says, you know, yeah. in in September, you know. Huh. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see that happening. To your, to your question, Eli. Yes, I think it is the perfect time, but I don't know. But, but many won't see it as that. You know, it's like, it's like we can't talk about guns when there's a school shooting. Right. But you know, but then when, when is the when, when is the time to talk about it? You know. By the way, thank you, coronavirus. No, no school, school shootings. That is the worst silver lining ever. <laughs> and then, like, yeah. How about as soon as like some of the restrictions got got loosened up, like, there were school shootings. Like, like the moment people have like, a, a, an ounce of freedom, they go out and shoot up places. <laughs> what is wrong with our country? <laughs> That's a whole show in itself. <laughs> Sorry, I, uh, people were restless, man. Those itchy trigger fingers uh, were. I haven't, I haven't shot anything in so long. Oh my god! That's so pretty much exactly, exactly what happened. Like you said, and I think you said this in the pre-show. Like this is bringing out the best and the worst in people, you know. And yeah. and I think like, you know, this is what I said to my uh, congregation on Sunday, because because here in Massachusetts, you know, governor opened the state, started to reopen um, this past uh, last Monday, and he's got a phased approach. And beyond everyone's surprise, churches were in phase one, despite all the, all the statistics about why that's not a good idea. Churches are in phase one, you know, and 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 we had a board meeting and and like everybody on the board was like, yeah, no, we're not doing this sort of deal. So, <laughs> so, so, you know, we got a service up and we have our, you know, after church hospitality and, and, you know, I'm saying to folks like, because we can, doesn't mean we, we should. And, um, and it was, it was really weird. Cause, cause the Sunday before and talk about things you say that come back to, but you, the Sunday before I was like, you know, People, people were kind of getting restless about the whole thing. And I said, hey, we have a governor that is more committed to data than desire. And fortunately, we don't have to worry about this right now. And then the very next day, <laughs> dude is like, churches can reopen. I was like, damn it. <laughs> Come on, man. I was just, I was just rooting for you. To throw and me you, under the bus. And you done this. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So now I gotta go like, yeah, we're not no folks. We're not we're not doing it. I'm I I'm sorry. And most of my congregants that like I talked to, you know, anecdotally, they were like, Yeah, if you'd open this Sunday, we were gonna be coming. Yeah. So yeah, so I think I think we're good on that. But it was yeah, it's been a week. It's been a week. Speaking of days we observe. Let's talk about this, and I'm quoting from the question, often ignored moment in the life of Jesus. That cracked me up when I read that. Way to go, Brian. Ascension Day. When is Ascension Day? You're right. It must be ignored because I don't even know when it is. 
celebrates Jesus' return to the Father after his resurrection. Do you believe this happened literally? We're taking a hard turn right now. Oof. I tried to segue it the best I could. Do you believe this happened literally? If so, where did Jesus' resurrected body go? Up into space? Into another dimension? <laughs> or is there a deeper, more mystical meaning for ascension? So, ascension day. Can we have Eli answer this one first? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say like a rabbi's perspective on this. <laughs> Definitely my, uh, the first time I've ever heard of Ascension Day. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 are you serious? Seriously, I never oh, wow. heard of This is awesome. Pentecost, I can lay in on that one because that's originally a Jewish holiday. I can, I can give you some uh, that. Uh, Ascension Day, I got nothing, guys. <laughs> It was Thursday, May 21st, by the way, for all those who care. <laughs> when Jesus ascended, just this past Thursday. Yeah, yeah, this is yes. Okay, cool. yeah, 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 it was Thursday. Um, so, you you, know, you want to, yeah, go ahead, Derek, explain this one. 40 days after Easter, um, <laughs> ascension. Sorry. I'll mute myself. <laughs> I probably should, too. Um, so, okay, so do I, do I believe that Jesus, like, Wait, no, you got to go back to explaining. Oh, oh you didn't? Oh, so, oh, yeah. so it's, 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 yeah, so we, we put it 40 days after Easter because Jesus, uh, one of the gospel accounts gives us that Jesus walked around for 40 days. Uh, 40 is one of those numbers, like, we see throughout the Bible, just exactly, a long time, exactly. I think. Like, the, he was yeah. in the wilderness for 40 days, and, you know. Noah, yeah. 40 days. Yeah, what was this, Mount Sinai, 40. all that. That, yep. that 40. This is a good number. Um, so, so, uh, then he gathers with his disciples. He's like kind of vacuum sucked up into heaven. Uh, and, um, and then shortly after is, is Pentecost, which is all the disciples gathered together in the upper room. Holy spirit comes down. The, the flames, the, the flames of fire. Speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues and all that good stuff. Uh, so that's, that's, that's that. Um, so do we want to go back to the question? Yeah. Do you believe it happened literally? Um, so where did his body go? And all right. So, so why is it, I'm going to tack on a question. Why is this an ignored moment in the life of Jesus? <laughs> I mean, so here, here's the thing. I mean, to, to go to the Ascension question is also to ask the physical resurrection question, right? Yep. Because you have to believe in physical resurrection to believe that that physical body then was sucked up into heaven. Um, and my answer on the physical resurrection question is it doesn't matter. Um, and that's also my answer on the ascension question. I love that. Um, and like so so it doesn't matter if Jesus was vacuum sucked up into heaven. Like it 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 matters like why that's important to us. I yeah. think part of the reason that it's ignored is because theologically we don't know why it's important. Um and 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 the theological importance of it is the idea that like when we get into the book of Hebrews in that great cloud of witnesses that talks about in Hebrews 11 of like all the, the champions of the faith who are, who are basically rooting us on Jesus is one of them. Mm -hmm. But like Jesus is one of those people like uh, on our side and, and part of the, the beauty of the incarnation of the idea is that Jesus is in the presence of God 
having gone through the human experience, rooting for humanity. Jesus leads the pep squad. Jesus leads the pep squad. Exactly. That's- Show title. Uh, <laughs> and like that's and like what better pep squad leader could you have? <laughs> like that's that's exactly who you want leading the pep squad. That's um, so, so for me, it, it's the idea of, 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 of Jesus being in the presence of God, having had the human experience, being on our side. And, and again, like whether that's in a physical form or not, it is not important for me. It's, it's right. that theological idea that's important, mm-hmm. that like God has more... Uh, capacity for empathy and compassion for what humanity goes through because of the incarnation. Gotcha. Eric, what I love about, um, I love, I loved your answer of like, it doesn't matter. Um, Cause I've given that same answer so many times to the Exodus. The question that's like, mm. because for, I would say for Jews, the Exodus is such a central story, right? It's our narrative and it's yeah. who we are. And the number one question that gets asked is, did it actually happen? And at the end of the day, we don't know. There's not enough archaeological evidence, right? And there's lots of different theories. Right. That maybe it happened, but it was just a group of Levites or what? It doesn't matter. But my answer is always very similar to yours, which is, it actually doesn't matter. What matters is, this is a part of our narrative. This, yeah. this is our story. This is a story we retell every year. And this is, this is we claim this story of you know, redemption and the move from slavery to liberation as who we are in our story. And yeah. That's it. That's it. And, and that's, and that's where, and I, and for me, um, you know, and I, I said this a lot in my preaching days that like we get so hung up on the facts of mm-hmm. things that we miss the truth of things. But like the truth of the Ascension is what I care about, not the facts of the Ascension. Like yeah. Jesus actually like, achieving zero gravity like is not all that, <laughs> all that important to me. Um, Jesus and zero gravity boot. I'm loving it. Okay, new show title. Um, my You've my title of the show about seven times already. I know, but it keeps getting better though. It keeps getting better. Just when I think just when I think we hit peak show title, like we 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 up it up a notch. Um, similarly my public answer is it doesn't matter my personal private answer is no i don't believe it i don't believe the resurrection happened well now that's my public answer i don't believe the resurrection happened i don't believe the ascension happened no i don't i don't believe it um there's there's enough i think there's enough historical evidence to to show how many of these stories were were written in a way to intentionally to to Eli's point become narrative as opposed to become here's a historical account of what happened um and and no for me no different than than the resurrection being um created to make sense of his crucifixion the ascension needs to happen to make sense of his resurrection otherwise why ain't jesus still walking with us the actual jesus right at some point he had to go away so that's that's kind of where i am with that the the for me the the point of the narrative i take from that that applies to me is is that there's always this this upward evolution of my 
of my uh, belief, my consciousness, my, my application of these spiritual practices. It's always evolving upward. Um, and, 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 and that's, for me, that's, that's the relevance of the um, ascension for me. Plus, there's also that point of, you know, Jesus is like, all right, well, I done what I could. It's up to you at this, at this point, right? I mean, we, accountability, we that's all got to take responsibility yeah. and accountability for our own spiritual growth, our own spiritual deepening, and for all the choices and actions we, we make, you know. Uh, spiritual growth doesn't happen when we're on our knees praying or we're on the yoga mat or whatever. It happens in every moment to moment interactions with people. And I think that's, that's what that ascension is. It's like, Jesus is like, all right, I'm out. Um, I taught you all the stuff. Now you got to go do it. And I'm not going to stay here to hold your hands around it. You be grown ups now. Yeah. I'm out. Plus, it's been it's been a long three years of ministry. You know what? I, I was like, I used to wonder why was Jesus's ministry so short, and then it became a minister. I was like, I get it now. I get it. Three years probably felt like three decades. Long time doing ministry. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I've only been what well, years twenty. I've only been doing it like as as a as a as the lead minister of the church for five i got ordained in 2011 so it's really not even been 10 years yet i'm just like holy crap a long long time oh my god so you mentioned pentecost earlier and that's the uh observation celebrating the coming of the holy spirit to the disciples eli did you hear about this before the show kind of like all right no, so this one in. i did know because all right the, the one OG, for two the og pentecost is called Shavuot, which in Hebrew means weeks. I'm right? sorry. That's the show title. OG Pentecost. And I'm done. I'm not, I'm not going to call them anymore. We can't top OG Pentecost. <laughs> but yeah, Pentecost, you know, is based originally on a Jewish holiday, Shavuot, which was, um, which means weeks in Hebrew, which we as, we as the Jewish community are going to be celebrating on Thursday evening is when it begins for us, Thursday and, and Friday. Wait, wait. Are and you saying Christianity appropriated what? something from some other traditions? Is that well, what you're trying to say? Two things. Just a couple. Just a couple. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for us, um, Shavuot celebrates the, uh, the giving of Torah and revelation at Mount Sinai. And so that's, and it, it actually makes perfect sense, of course, that Pentecost, that second overlay of kind of that second you know, that second giving of law or that second revelation or however kind of um, you would define it. But, um, but very much this is a time for us of, of thinking about the wisdom that, that comes from God, thinking about revelation. One tradition for Jews is actually to stay up all night on Thursday night and study all night doing study wow. sessions. Um, I'm, we actually are doing that virtually as a community. I'm leading, I somehow managed to get the eight o'clock slot, 8 p.m. Good for you. PM. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> the others will be doing sessions at like two in the morning. And um, I would think yeah. if you got to keep people up that long, you do something more fun than study. I'm just like, I But it's all about the giving of Torah and revelation and God's right. wisdom. And so, you know, that's what we, we also eat dairy food. That's the other big thing. It's a, oh. um, okay. Now that I can get behind. Like if I'm sitting <laughs> up in the middle of the night, but I also have like a platter of cheese. Exactly. Like, Wait. All right. So, so part of my ignorance, but is dairy eaten not regularly allowed? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I mean, we eat dairy all the time, but um, actually the study session that I'm doing at eight o'clock is going to be called a legendary study oh, session. No. And nice. the whole study session is on why we eat uh, dairy products on Shavuot. Why, why do you? Give us the cliff notes. So I, I, I have eight reasons. Um, all right. I don't need to go into all of them, but I'll-, no, I'll Top three. <laughs> the land of milk and honey. Okay. Um, the the um, gematria, which is gematria is Hebrew numerology. So every word in Hebrew has a numerical value based on its letters. So like Aleph, yes. the first letter is one, Bet, the second letter is two. The gematria of the word cheese in Hebrew, gavina, is the same as Torah, I think. It's something like that. I got to look at my notes. But uh, Get it another- together, man. Eight o'clock. Coming quick. Until Thursday. I'm good. <laughs> Um, another one is the idea that um, that they hadn't been given yet the laws of kosher of eat, of how to properly slaughter meat, right. okay. and, but they knew the law the laws had just come and they hadn't figured out how to do it yet, and so they ate totally dairy and didn't eat any meat because they didn't have the kosher slaughtering laws, <laughs> or they had just been given them but they didn't have time to learn them and prepare them. Um, oh, now I got to look at my study sheet to remember. <laughs> But that, that, that's a couple, but uh, but there is a tradition. Okay. We often eat blintzes, cheesecake, lots of lots oh, of good stuff. Yeah, oh. Wait, 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 wait! I did not know that there was a like dairy based holiday. <laughs> Seriously, and that it encompasses dessert dairy too. Exactly. Game changer! Great, Seriously. greatest holiday ever. I'm ready to convert now. Now it's suddenly more fun. <laughs> we can have blintzes and cheesecake at two a.m. Exactly. <laughs> I just, I just put it all together. Oh man, uh, that is a so interesting side note. Uh, call back to uh, the story of God with Morgan Freeman. So in today's apocalypse episode, they talked about how they came up with you know the six 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 is the number of oh, yeah. of the of the beast, the Antichrist, um, because it's Emperor Nero. And when you assign the the Hebrew uh, numerology to to letters um, name for Emperor. Uh, for Emperor Nero, you add them all up, it comes up to 666, 666. Uh, and I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> mind, mind blown. Um, and then there was some other documentation from, from, um, from the, the uh, what do you call it, the Dead Sea Scrolls with the Essenes that had it numbered as 616. They were like, well, wait, that's, that's not right. But apparently, um, in some cases, um, Emperor Nero, it was, it was, uh, the Greek was, or the Hebrew was, it was Neron with an N mm-hmm. and the N was 50, which stacked on another 50 to the 616 and made it 666. I was like, oh, damn, that's good. I got to send this to my mom <laughs> who still thinks the end times is going to happen <laughs> as described in Revelation. I was like, all right, you need to watch Morgan Freeman talk about, yeah, there's no, that, yeah, it, it already happened. It was it was Emperor Nero. So there's uh, there's that. So did we have a question did we have a question connected to Pentecost? <laughs> or was it just a, <laughs> we just, just shoot the shit on what we know about Pentecost? We just shooting the shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so no, Pentecost. Because that was totally fine. The question was finding out if this was also a revelation to uh, to Eli, but but he knew about this one already. And then we figured out about Christian appropriation. So the real question is, <laughs> Acts 2 says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. What are the gifts of the Spirit in your understanding? Is it more important that people of different languages could um, all understand the disciples? 
or that this moment represented a celebration of the Spirit among an incredibly diverse gathering of humans? Is the Holy Spirit limited to Christians? So that's the question. So the speaking in tongues, was it, yeah. was it as you understand it, just foreign languages? Because uh, the, the, the story in Acts described there were people from different regions suddenly understanding what the disciples were saying. So were they speaking foreign languages or is it, as I've heard it described, um, they, were, they were speaking in a way kind of like how music speaks to the soul and whether you understand the lyrics being sung, you can feel the emotion and passion. You know, you know when someone's singing a love song versus like a murder song. <laughs> you know, no matter no matter what language they're in. Is that a murder song? I did say murder. I, song. I, I, I can't say I've heard a lot of murder songs. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I might be I might be putting down all of this thirty two ounces today. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but you know, the, there's the, that that idea. So so I don't know when when you read. Acts, do you think it is about foreign languages or, or, you know, what, what do you think on that? I mean, I, I think it's about, I think it's about people coming from different regions and like having the same understanding of, of God in their presence. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it's about, um, you know, it's, 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 um, people coming together and hearing hearing the story of God in their own language in a way that resonates with them. And they're shocked by the fact that like they they've you know they've all descended upon Jerusalem for this festival and they're expecting to have the obstacles of when you go to a different place and have translation issues, right? And they come and hear Peter give this message and they're hearing in a, in a language that makes sense to them. And I think that's more about what is the beginning of in Acts, the growing understanding of the universality of the Christian message. Okay. Um, so, I don't, you know, whatever. <laughs> He's like, I'm tapping out. <laughs> I'm 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 already like overused my theological muscles today. I, feel, um, I, have, I have so many questions on this. I feel like it going. Well, so many I, I actually I actually had a question for you because like when when so the 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 OG Pentecost um like the understanding was the formation you know, is it, the, the giving of the law was sort of like the constitution yes for for a, for a, a new nation right. Hundred percent. And like, so like, is that is that a fair, based off of what you know, is that a fair parallel to what's happening in the Pentecost story um, for for Christians in the New Testament? But again, based yeah, off- no, I think so, and I think you know, for Jews, we don't call it the New Testament for that very reason, right? Um, we don't, we, we, I guess we do call it the New Testament. We don't call the Hebrew Bible the Old Testament right. for that very reason. That but makes, idea that it's a, it's a just the Bible. <laughs> the, the whole supersessionary nature, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But for Christians, that's exactly it, right? That it's the second law, right? Now for Jews, what's very interesting, we also have kind of a second telling of the law, a second overlay, and that's what we call the oral tradition, which is the Talmud. Mm. Um, the rabbis believed that the Talmud was actually given 
at the same time as the Torah, was given at the same time at that initial revelation, which we saw. Really? Oh, wow. Wrote, okay. But that it was revealed later in oral speaking, but that the original kernel of that was also given then. Oh, um, so interesting. interesting. I, I wonder I've if that would be... I've never heard that before. Yeah, now, now we're getting our minds blown. <laughs> um, I, for Christians, do you believe that when Revelation was given at Mount Sinai, was there also a piece of this second revelation to Jesus that was coming later in that at all? Or was that solely came later at Pentecost and other times? So, I mean, there are, there are Christian traditions that will tell you that everything in, yeah. in, the, in the Old Testament uh, points to points to Jesus, right? Um, look, at the, look at the binding of Isaac. You look at right. You can see exactly that all of it was kind of like giving giving um, hashtag hashtag reverse engineering. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. right? um, but but I think I think that's part of why Pentecost. Um, I, you know, I think I, I, you know, and, and to go back to the ascension question, I think Pentecost is just as as overlooked or undervalued as ascension mm -hmm. in yeah. in a lot of evangelical um christian circles because i think there's there's just one there people just don't know like church surgical history but i think i think that it's it's not as much of a blatant point to jesus as a more like point to the church and point to what is the responsibility of disciples and apostles post Jesus, you know, post Jesus's ascension. Um, Cause that's really what this is about. This is the constitution of, of the church of, yeah. of what is, how are we going to live now? I mean, cause this, this is then followed by, you know, everyone living with, you know, with, with all things in common, like not having private mm -hmm. property and like, People sharing all of the, all of their stuff, um, which was very, 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 very short lived. Um, but like that, I was going to say, except except for Ananias and Sapphira, who you know, it does not last long. They, they got they got smoked. <laughs> they got themselves smoked. Do you know about this story, Eli? I'm just checking. So so apparently it was like everybody had to sell their property and like you know donate to the church. And um, this couple, Ananias and Sapphira. Uh, sold but kept money for themselves and peter was like yeah that's not gonna work boom they and, were struck dead god, exactly. god went back to god's uh old testament yeah he smoked them yeah all all y'all all who don't want to tithe remember that story no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh anywho's anywho so um I don't know where we were. Holy Spirit. Yeah. Is it limited to Christians? I feel like the Holy Spirit is like this like uniquely Christian thing. I don't hear anybody else talking about but it. I, I don't know. Okay, I, I I think Christians talk about it, but I think the Holy Spirit is the presence of God among us mm -hmm. and therefore yeah. can't be limited to Christians. Like it is it's different it's, language, but we, 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 we use different language. We, like, we have a similar concept, right? Um I mean, you look at the beginning of Genesis, the spirit, God's spirit rested upon the water. I mean, yeah. that's, that's our tradition, right? It's the same thing. Um, I also think about like um, in, in Judaism, we have this idea of um, in Kabbalah and Jewish mysticism, the idea of God's sort of um, 
it's called the Shekhinah in Hebrew. It's often seen as a, a feminine element of God and God's most sort of um, element of God's self that is most close to humanity, I guess, um, in, the, in the Kabbalistic view of God. So I think there's, there's very much, although it's different names, I think we very much have this idea of God's, God's indwelling among us. And at least for Jews, the temple in Jerusalem was that space, right? right. It's like field of dreams. If you build it, I will come, right? <laughs> build me a sanctuary and I will dwell among you from Exodus. Um, it's probably a better quote than field Dude, of you, dreams. You but... saying things that are going to get you in trouble, man. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> this idea I love that, it. I love it. God's, so the God's presence, right, does descend right. upon us. And I think um, I just did a wedding that's so socially distant wedding on Sunday, which was a, a lot of fun. Uh, masks outside, the whole thing, 10 people, it was, it was wild. But um, at a wedding, I often talk about one thing I think most people know about a Jewish wedding, you break a glass at the end, right? Well, one of the reasons we break that glass is we're, me we're remembering the, the destruction of the temple. And specifically what we're remembering is God's presence being removed from this world and God's absence from this world. And that even at a time of rejoicing, we recognize um, that there is brokenness in this world and that it's up to this couple through their marriage, through their lives, to put those pieces back together, to partner and to help. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's beautiful. I love that. That's gorgeous. Yeah, that's beautiful. That. Um, if there's anything, two things I learned is that I've been pronouncing Kabbalah. I've been saying Kabbalah and Shekinah. Like, I've been mispronouncing those words for years, apparently. It's just like an Anglicized versus Hebrew pronunciation, but with, okay. with Kabbalah or Kabbalah, I do, I do try to be careful with the pronunciation because oftentimes when people hear Kabbalah, they think of like Madonna and all that stuff, which is not, yeah. that's kind of a pseudo whatever. Right, yeah, no. Whereas Kabbalah, even though it's spelled the same way, it's just pronunciation, refers to like yeah. an actual ancient Jewish mystical tradition. Yeah. 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 Um, I think, I, I think that we got one more question, but I think we should tackle this in the post show because I have no way to segue into this. Awesome. And, and we, and we, we tried to solve racism at the start. So we can, you know. it, it, it will be perfect. So, so, so just to clue you guys in who are listening to the, to the, uh, to the regular show, the question, and it's a quote from, uh, Austin Shannon Brown, who's an African-American author and, um, and social activists, quote, white people can be exhausting, mm -hmm. particularly exhausting are white people who don't know they're white and those who need to be white. So we'll be discussing that in That's the hard segue in That's the post show because there is no segue to that <laughs> <laughs> after we talk about Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Like, I mean, I, 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 I don't got one. Uh, and we're at time. Um, and to those of you listening, I apologize for all the background noise. I don't know if you can hear it, but it's 80 degrees here in, in Massachusetts. And I got my windows open and I had no idea I lived in a noisy neighborhood till now. Uh, testament love, testament to the great windows. <laughs> Do I? It wasn't as bad while we were doing the show as it was in the pre-show. Oh my goodness. But it's, it's, it's getting louder in case uh, folks can hear it. Like I said in the pre-show, I didn't realize my hood was that hood. So here we, here we go. Anywho, so thank you to our very special guest, Eli, or regular guest, Derek, for sitting in for Shannon, I guess. 
<laughs> to make the delineation. <laughs> and we'd like to thank the originator of Pub Theology who came up with the crazy questions today. That's Brian Berghoff. And our producer, Derek Weston, double billing, man. Woo! Oh, you're all about it. Um, I'm putting in my vote for uh, OG Pentecost as a show title, but but you, you're the one who picks the show titles and you are always 100% on point. So... I will always, I will continue to defer to you. Uh, connect and spread the word on social media. Listen anytime, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. Watch us YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Sign up at patreon.com slash Live for content. Mark your calendar for the happy hour. I say mark the calendar, but the date might change. So just keep it in your, keep it in your mind. <laughs> and we will let you know when it's really gonna happen uh but it'll it'll be it'll be in a couple weeks and um you can find create a pub theology in your town i'm thinking virtually for right now unless you want to really roll the dice with corona that's up to you but we're not advocating our support in that head over to pubtheology.com directly to figure out how to do that and until next time friends drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing Oh, that is perfect timing. Who's that? That was. <laughs>